This is a more than just podcast production. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 356 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Leo Dion in Lansing, Michigan. Hey, Tim, I'm really happy to be back on. Cool. Good to have you back. Um, yeah, I was just, we were just talking about the pronunciation of your name. So I grew up in St. Catharines, Ontario, when I was, you know, in my, before our high school or early high school. And Marcel Dion was the captain of our St. Catharines Blackhawks. And I believe his brother also, his brother was goaltender, which I was. And uh, I believe his brother, his brother also played a few games in the NHL as well. So the Dion name is, is kind of a, it's kind of a, I mean, it's a well-known name in Canada. In fact, I mean, we had the, I think, Dion Quintrup, Quintuplets, I think, in Quebec. Yes, that was in Quebec. So. You got Celine. Yeah, I mean, Dion is everywhere in oh, Quebec, Dion, I'm sure. Dion, yeah, of course, I forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> I have to give back my Canadian citizenship now. <laughs> <laughs> You did refer to hockey, so you're, you're okay. That's true. I, I okay. the hockey, got the hockey out of the way. And we'll, we should mention Tim Hortons just, you know, because that's part of our, yes. our heritage. Yes. And poutine. You have to talk about poutine. Um, oh, that's good stuff. Although, although it wasn't really, you know, when I, I mean, I didn't have poutine until I went to like a St. Catherine or to Quebec City, Quebec, I guess, when. Okay. Was, uh, yeah. So anyway, cool. All right. So, I mean, what I'd love to know, I think uh, what our, our fans would like to know, um, and for those of you driving at home, I don't have any follow up or, or fact check because, you know, our last episode was perfect. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, just I'm kind of curious. So, uh, you know, you and I've uh, we've I've been on your show. I think I've been on your show twice. So two of your shows, different ones. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, talk, yeah. Mostly talking about core data. And I think we did we talk about neuroplasticity. I can't remember brain hacking. Yeah. Neuroplasticity was OK. Productive. My okay, old podcast. Right. And then, yeah, we talked about core data on uh, Empower Show, sure. uh, Empower Apps Show. Uh, you talked about core data and CloudKit and how that worked really well for you. Yeah, yeah. And well, I've, I've been playing around with, uh, I'm rewriting one of my main apps. But I'm, I'm actually now using core data Cloud, and CloudKit uh, with, uh, with, you know, because so, I'm getting, so that way I've got, you know, it was with UI. That's, that's the, the third piece, right? So I'm getting the, you know, the syncing and getting the, you know, the, the persistence and that kind of stuff. And and so it's kind of funny that, you know, you're using an Objective-C library, Core Data framework, right? With SwiftUI, which is the mm -hmm. hotness, and then, you know, CloudKit, which is finally working. <laughs> you know, I think the first yeah. couple of tries at Core Data and, and, and the cloud were, weren't, uh, weren't too cool. So yeah, but more about me, less about me, more about you. So why don't you why don't you tell our our listeners and and viewers and your listeners too, I guess, um, viewers, what uh, how you how you get to where you are and and what what are you kind of doing these days? Oh sure, uh, how far back should I go? Like college, well, I guess. Uh, well, no, let's start. Let's start with your your iOS career. I guess that's the sort of let's start there. We can we can delve into the, the yeah. The um. So when I had a jobby job, uh, I. Um, it was a .NET shop. Everything in the Midwest is either Java or .NET. I don't know if it's the same in Ontario, but .NET is everywhere. And uh, we built a... I was working for a company that did a Silverlight app, um, which was like a map, an interactive map. It tapped into whatever Bing Maps was back then. Um, and then they wanted to build... Um, they, they This iPad thing was becoming a big deal, and they wanted to build an iPad app. So I was like, okay. 
And that was my first foray into building for Apple um, hardware. Uh, built uh, the iPad app, iPad app version of the same Silverlight web app. And that was when I jumped into Objective-C. This would have been retained release days. This would have been, yeah, it was like really early on. Um, I did not like, well, Xcode was okay, but it was nowhere near as nice, I think, as Visual Studio was at the time. Um, And then from there, um, you know, I I always wanted to start my own business, go on my own, be a freelancer. So a couple of years after that, um, I started going into contract development and I was doing everything and anything I could do that would get me money. Um, and then probably I would say the, like the last six years I've really like honed in on the Apple space. I still, still do some web development for sure. Cause people still use web pages, but um, Swift and Apple stuff has just been my, my bag, I guess for the last six years and really deep diving into that. Um, I think I'm unusual in that I know a lot of devs like focus on iOS and you'll see a lot of iOS, iOS, Swift UI. How do I make this cool animation and things like that? Um, but I tend to like go into the weird corners of Swift and do server side stuff or watch stuff or Mac stuff. Haven't done TV stuff yet, but um, or just like really into like building little packages and stuff. And obviously we mentioned I have a podcast um, now, EmpowerApps.show. It's also on YouTube uh, on my Bright Digit, which is my company's uh, channel. And uh, yeah. So Hit the subscribe button. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've been really deep diving into Swift and all the weird things I can do in Swift that most people don't find. Um, so yeah, that's a little little summary of it. Um, are you building server, like you're building web apps or something like that, websites with Swift? Are you building server-side Swift stuff? Or yeah, APIs yeah, a lot. Um, I've been, so I try to think of the most complicated uh, Swifty thing you could possibly do. So I guess if and it's so, the hardest thing out there, you'll that's where Leo will go? Yeah, so um, I, uh, I've been really interested in sharing health data. So I've built a couple of watch apps, GB and HeartTwitch which basically uh, stream your health data. One is for live streamers. So if you're like a live streamer, I live stream my workouts um, every morning at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. And uh, Heart Twitch is totally in Swift. Um, the watch app is in Swift. The server is in Swift. Obviously, the web interface is uh, Vue.js and JavaScript. So where does the uh, live streaming? Then, where does the live streaming one? Where does that go? Like, what? What's the? Is it going to like at your own site or? You it goes to Twitch. I have a Twitch oh, channel. Oh, Twitch channel. Heart... Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So I have a Twitch channel. Heart Twitch app uh-huh. is the name where I live stream all my workouts to. Um, <laughs> I don't okay. think anybody watches it. I was going to ask you how big is the audience for that. <laughs> yeah, no, not very big. But for me, it's like more of the motion of running the app and like seeing what it feels like um, yeah. than anything else. And uh, yeah, so like it uses HealthKit on the watch and then it sends the heart rate or calories to the vapor server. And then that gets projected on a web page. And then you basically can use that web page in OBS to share your heart rate as you stream. So that's um, kind of cool. I, I actually want to, I'm glad I got you on the show then, because I, I, I'm kind of curious about, I have an app idea that I want to do for, for personal reasons, but um, uh-huh. uh, I'm interested in in sort of tapping it. Well, I have a couple of apps right now that that um, 
tie into health kit. Like for instance, if I log my weight, it goes into mm-hmm, health mm-hmm. kit or if and yeah. what I found recently is, um, so I also have like at the beginning of the pandemic, I bought a scale that, you know, it's a, it's a Chinese scale that has a little app that it talks to. And, um, what I noticed the other day was I forgot to log my weight in my, in the in the app that I normally log my weight in, and I did it through the the scale, and it fed the data into the app that I'm using. So it kind of went from the scale to HealthKit to the app, which I didn't realize that was always a, an option. I, I do have I've opted into sharing the data, obviously, between the apps or between these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apps. So I'm kind of curious about about your experience working with HealthKit. Is is it you know? straightforward is it a little tricky are there finicky bits about it or um, you know the thing about health kit is i'm really interested a lot of health so the old days of health kit was very much like delegate based so like you know you say hey listen to this piece of data and then you have some delegate that reads it in right which is the typical way you do things um and there's usually like five or six steps to like start a workout and then there's five or six steps for like oh i want to do goals or i want to do particular things um what what i'm really curious about and i haven't done it with any of my apps yet is how much they've made that bridge over to async away because that would alleviate a lot of that like strain i think um a lot of my apps are swift ui based so they heavily use combine and like publishers and things like that to listen to heart rate um so i have to kind of make that bridge but i'm kind of curious okay like have they i I kind of have gotten a hint that they've done a lot with like async stream now with getting your calories and getting your heart rate so um yeah that's probably the most difficult challenge um is just kind of finding out okay what what is the steps to start a workout and what are the particular steps to get calories and then once you get calories how do i do that in such a way that it's like manageable so how how does the data get managed on the device? Is it is does it live within the sort of HealthKit app sphere, or does it ever go up to the cloud? Does it you know ever expose anything to Apple? Like I know that I know that there are some hospitals and stuff like that where you can share your data, but that, I haven't really seen much of that in Canada myself. But yeah, I think that HealthKit is shared across devices. I'm not totally. I, I always feel like it's ambiguous to me uh what apple does because it obviously syncs your health kit data somehow through cloud kit and i would assume it's in such a way that not even them can they can access yeah, it of course yeah um that's that's always been a question where people ask me that and i'm like i think like i think they store it in the cloud because it's synced across devices but i'm not like there's no uh you know and, and i it's and i think that's true and i also think that it's and very ambiguous when they sync data. So, so, so even if that's true, like you're never going to know. Oh yeah, finally my weight that was upload like that I recorded last night is actually on my iPad as well, or whatever it is, or Mac. Um, so yeah, that's always the challenge with it. So you are doing Mac OS apps as well, or are you not or... with HealthKit? I no, do know okay. that HealthKit supports. I know that I know in Ventura is the first operating system mac os that supports health kit oh yeah um, do you think I, it's like a that. catalyst app or do you think it's the proper properly brought over framework i think it's a properly brought over framework for visualizing your health data i think that's exactly what they're thinking probably um yeah because i noticed that in a lot of my code it, when i compile it and as a swift package uh if i use swift build it assumes mac os and it's like you got all these health kit code you or you don't support mac os though and i was like i never had to before now i have to so yeah 
That's weird. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let, let's dial it back. So, yeah, just, just thanks for the tangent on health kit. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a bit of a personal interest. I'm sure there's people out there interested in that too. So let, let's, you know, I think you sort of mentioned earlier, like, so how far do we back do we want to go? So, so how far back do you go with computer technology? With, I mean, uh, like for me, the iPad was the thing that got me into iOS, but I was doing a little bit of development for about 10 years before that. But what, how, what's your sort of history? What's your history with with computers and stuff like that? Like from as a young lad, and you know, how did you get into involved and in, and did you study it? I guess at school, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so my first computer was an Amiga, which uh, for an American is pretty challenging considering the little amount of software that you can buy for any of those systems. So um, once I got older, I got a PC, and then. I think like really college was, I mean, I did a little bit of programming, like most kids probably like on a calculator where it's like, Oh yeah, 10, 15 go to and all that stuff. But, um, when I was in college, um, early on, that's when I, I knew I wanted to study computer science. And then, um, I got a job early on as a, a tech support rep at a internet service provider my freshman year. And I think that really helped me get like immersed in a more like high tech, world um even though i was just helping grandmas get their emails set up yeah, right um but it helped me like immerse in that like culture and like learning php and then also dot net um really really helped with a lot of that and then um i just you know it kept growing i think i'm more interested um when i got my degree i got a bachelor's and it was like there was a recession at the time so i couldn't find a, a reasonable job so that's when i decided to get a master's in digital media art technology and um really got interested in like video editing and flash and 3d art and things like that because i'm more interested in that aspect like the visual aspect and stuff um and i'll dabble into it in and out but um that that was a really great experience and like kind of taught me some things that i really wanted to know and grow in um and yeah that's that's kind of where i had gotten started pretty much sure. and then so how did and so you moved into and how did you move into the podcasting realm? Like, what was the, the idea behind that? Just, I know you and you and a buddy started that other podcast. I forgot the name of it. Empower. Yeah, Apps. Eric and I had started OK Productive, and then I started Empower Apps. I think, like for me, um, I used to do a lot of meetups, like host meetups, help with meetups, talk at meetups, um, and it this is kind in Lansing of or specifically yeah, in Lansing, yeah. And you know that stuff can really be a mixed bag, um, and I thought to myself, if I want to be able to like reach out there to the community in a much easier way, um, podcasting is probably going to get me more of an audience than going to any meetup or hosting any meetup locally. Um, so that kind of was my interest in podcasting. I love podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time uh, or audio books on occasion. So like, I don't know about you, but like for me, like that that's what I found with podcasts was just it was the easier way to reach out to the community than than having to physically be there. Well, I think for us, um, you know, Mark and I Mark Ribbon and I talked about writing books early on in the day, you know, kind of like let's let's get there get together and write it. But we used to do pair programming together. And um, you know, I think uh um to be honest with you, I was actually on a podcast with with Ash Furrow. Um, he was doing, he was interviewing people on there, you know, who were just coming into the business and just learning it. And it was called Springboard. And, um, 
I had never even listened to a podcast before that, but, you know, but being on it and, you know, when, when realizing, like I studied audio engineering a little bit as a, as a sort okay, of a minor, okay. very, very minor in university. Okay. So I studied fine arts, but, but there was a, I took a music course called electronic music experimentation, whatever it was like, uh, it got oh, the nice. kind of synthesizers and roll-ins yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Machines and a, you know, a big 24 by eight deck and, Proper, awesome. proper recording studio, right? And that's that's where I first saw I saw my first Apple there, and and you know, sync clavieres and stuff like that. And and um, so you know, through the process of actually, I mean, of course, I was a mixtape kid when I was in you know growing up, and I, I had tape recorders and stuff. This is before yeah, the yeah. '80s mixtape thing, of course, you know. But um, hey, I burned CDs in high school. I'm not that. Yeah, um, well, I burned I got, CDs, I I burned CDs in, as an adult. Yeah, yeah exactly, and and DVDs and stuff like that. When you know before we found out that it was illegal, but, um, <laughs> or that did we ever find that out. I don't know, but, uh, yeah. So, but I, I actually learned how to, how to splice tape with razor blades and, and tape and things like that and, and do edits that way. And it's like, so I, you know, I edit with like, I've edited on audition or final cut and people are always like, why is there a floppy disc? Whenever you save, what's that floppy disc? I, got? I feel <laughs> like a, a lot of those, like, <laughs> Yeah, it feels like a lot of those editing tools, like it's the same thing. It's like, why is there a knife when I want to cut these two pieces of video? 100%. Yeah. 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 So, so that's actually, what you used to have to do. Yeah. Well, when I, when I learned, I mean, we had a, we had a four track recorder, which was similar to what the Beatles would have used back in the day. Okay. Um, you know, they would have, they would have recorded two tracks onto one side and they would bounce it down to another, another tape machine. Right. And then okay. they would keep adding. So they might do four microphones on a drum kit, bounce that down to one track. And then they would, you know, record the guitars and they would bounce that down. And then they would, and so they would, the, the terminology of bouncing down means that you, you take the tracks and you, and if you look in Final Cut Pro and Logic, you bounce tracks, right? Mm -hmm. um, when you want to move them from some, one place to another. So I actually use the same process for editing the podcast as I did when I was using tape and, and using, you know, four track recorders in that, you know, we'll each record our our sides, right? And then I go through and I I put them into I currently put them in Logic, um, okay, as single single tracks, and I I I balance them all, EQ them all. Hopefully, it sounds like I do that because I I do I try, and then you know get all the get all the sound levels relatively the same, and then um yeah, literally I go through and I cut and and I I do all the I do one pass of the whole podcast. And I bounce it down to a single track, and then I put it into my final one, which has got the the, the voiceover stuff from Mike, and I've got my my music and and the outro music and stuff like that. Those are okay. on a separate track, and then I so I edit the show, and then I you know play put the put the stuff on. And as I go through one of the, one of the other podcasters I talked to asked mentioned the fact that I put channel markings in all of my podcasts. Well, I don't do it quite as much as podcasts. You know, it's not that really important, but. For like the tech podcast, I make sure I, I put a chapter marking when we change subject, right? Yeah. And yeah. I just do that on the, as I'm going through the final pass, you know, I'll, 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 you know, if we start a new subject, I pause, I put a marker in, give the marker a title, yep. that then becomes chapter heading, right? So I use that, I use the same metaphors that I used when I was physically doing with, with, you know, with the magnetic tape. Um, and, and so I, yeah, like I like the fact that Final Final Cut Pro has a knife in it because that that's the that literally is the blade that I used. You to know use. exactly what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we had like, it was like a little piece of aluminum you had, and it had like you had uh, you would put one piece of tape into the channel and you put the other one in, and they would overlap like this, right? Mm -hmm. And you would take the yeah. knife and cut it, and then take the two pieces out. 
and then run a piece of tape without taking them out, run a piece of tape across it, and then that would become your splice. Mm, That's where the okay. splice comes from, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of, um, it was something, um, oh, it's, I think I was reading about uh, another term that, that comes up in computer programming that most people don't know the, re- the reference to, oh, is, is you know, back in the day when we had punch cards, I didn't do punch card programming. I was too, I wasn't, I wasn't in, I was in the med- median, the medium stream for math, but higher stream yeah. guys got to do the programming, right? Okay, okay. <laughs> so all my, my buddies in my art class who were the nerds, um, but you know, if you if you had a punch card and you made a mistake where you would um, where you punched the hole in the wrong place and you broke the logic of whatever the the bits you were laying down on the punch card, right? Okay. You would take a piece of tape and you would patch the hole. Oh, and so that's, that's a patch. That's a patch. Now, yeah. is it true that bug is because they had a bug in the actual machine? Yeah, it was a lady named um, or just uh, Grace Hopper was um, an early programming pioneer, and she worked. And she was in the Navy her whole life, and she she just okay. passed away last year, actually. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I remember that. And um, she was working in the vacuum tube days with, with an early. I think it was an, an army computer or whatever. You're in a vacuum. You vac whatever one of those. Yeah. yeah. And the program, the program had a had a had a glitch. It kept stopping in this one particular place, and so they went to look. And it was old vacuum tube days, right? And mm-hmm. they went and looked, and there was actually a moth, dead moth, sh- uh, shorting out a circuit. There you go. And she took that moth, put it in her logbook with a piece of sellotape over top of it, and said, "This this is the first bug." First bug. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go on the internet, nice. you, can, you can find a picture of that of her logbook with the bug, like literally That's hilarious, stuck in there. <laughs> Yeah. So any all the you know everything we even the wheel the wheel was originally this round rock. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> everything everything has has a nickname. But yeah, it's funny because because what was it I saw that um, somebody had a like it was a joke about a t-shirt with a with a or no somebody found some floppy disks and they said hey look it's one of those coasters from uh, somebody made a save icon into a coaster. <laughs> I heard I've heard of that before. Yes. Actually, yes. I have one here somewhere. Where the heck is it? I have is it a five quarter or three and a half? Uh, it's a three and a half. Okay, okay. I'm not that old. <laughs> what I well, usually, see, I swear I have one. Hang on a second. So my dad had found like an old Commodore at the school he worked at. So we had, we I actually had a Commodore 64 for a brief period of time. Uh, here it so is. So I okay. totally remember those. So this is. They were already old when I had gotten it, but still. this is my. Um, this is a Mac OS. Uh, Macintosh OS 7.01 save icon. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah, just so over there I, a, you know, yeah, so right behind this this camera I'm looking at, I have a stack of CDs, actually yeah. DVDs, like yeah. empty DVDs. And I'm like, do I even need to keep these anymore? Yeah. Like, is it even worth it? Like, yeah. I hardly ever write a DVD. So it's like... Well, I, I have this sitting on my desk because I was looking at some some media the other day because none of our devices have have cd drives in them anymore right <laughs> so i have a i have an external drive just in case i ever yeah. need to hook it up it's like a small little thing and well it's funny that yeah. you know it's funny speaking of which I, I literally just took receipt of um i figured i'd get these things before they become completely unobtainium um but there's a company that makes or made um a, a board that takes a scuzzy interface and and okay got it instead of having a hard like you all the hard drives were scuzzy back then right and the floppy mm, drives okay as well. so the old 68k like nah, the this guy here okay se30 that has a scuzzy hard drive in it right so okay. 
this little board. It's about the size of this this thing here, and you put an SD card in it, and the SD oh, card nice. becomes a hard drive. So so it's kind of like going to solid state media in the old sixty eight K Max, right? Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. So those just I think I have. Today. I- I think I still have like a, a floppy drive around a USB floppy drive. Yeah, I, I definitely have one of those for sure. You never know. Yeah. I mean, I well, it's know. funny because you know in the early days we didn't have um, didn't have ton of space. I mean, like you know you had like a forty meg or an eighty meg. I'm talking megabytes hard drive mm-hmm. where you right, kept all right. your work, and it was you know you just like any hard drive. It didn't matter if it was a terabyte or or forty megs. You would run out of space, right? Yeah. And so there was this cool software that came out um, called Disk Doubler, which would basically take all of your um, code and it would basically shrink it down using the you know the Stuffit algorithm, the LZWLZH compression. Yeah. Yep. Right. It would it would squish it down, so it actually would run. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know how much performance it. It performance seems like it would be pretty slow if it's compressed. Well, yeah, but it was it wasn't like uh what would happen was you know if you went to open a file it would it would decompress it into memory. So if you want to run, like I have a copy of Photoshop that's okay. compressed that fits on a 800K floppy, mm-hmm. right? Okay. The problem is, is nothing can read that format anymore, right? So I have to get one of my old computers that has disk doubler on it and, and decompress them to be able to run them, right? So, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, in fact, I have, I, I, at one point I had uh, a Mac OS a System 6 uh, image running on my iPad. There's, there's a guy who wrote an emulator for the iPad. Emulator. So if you run the yeah. old old stuff and yeah around with it <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah it's pretty amazing what kind of emulators you can run nowadays yeah like yeah, have a whole sure. whole mac and a mac and yeah it's crazy yeah um, I, mean, I mean apple's always been really cool about or really good about um going from coming i mean well, how many times have we flipped over we went from scuzzy to ide actually i could i could segue to something i'm working on oh yeah talking about sure it. yeah yeah but i've been dabbling a lot in the virtualization framework um mm-hmm. i don't know i think we've talked i think you know about this but building an app called the uh, bushel where you can run mac virtual virtualization basically um and so that's that's been a really interesting experience. There's there's a lot. It's it was easier than I thought it was. Honestly, the hardest part has been Swift UI. Big surprise. Um, but like there, I found like there's a few interesting limitations. Like um, and and, and ones that I think developers because I'm trying to target developers, Mac OS developers who want to try different things. Like they want to play around with localization or try try different OSs. Um. But you can't sign in with an Apple ID, like, at all. So basically, if you want to test, like, something off the App Store, you can't do that. You can't test test flight stuff. You have to figure out, basically, some other way to run run your app. So is it because um, you can't you can't log in because it doesn't understand the two-factor authentication or just won't run at all? I think it purposely won't let you do it. Like, I think okay. it's it's purpose purposeful because and like i put xcode on my vm and i was like okay how about that like can i sign in with my apple id on that no can't even do that either so um have you tried yeah, the hack? have you tried the hack where you put you you go onto your phone get a get a, a two-factor rotation number like you know the six-digit number then log in and append the um the number onto your password no yeah i mean i'd, I'd try that just for science you know so, so you, you put in you put you in your pad- on older so, yeah. on, on older OSs that don't understand iCloud two factor authentication, right? You can put your email. It's not address. a two factor thing. Like it won't even let you. Like it doesn't even get to that point. Oh, it won't even load the page, or 
like if you try to sign in with your Apple ID on yeah. like system settings or Xcode, it won't. Mm-hmm. It'll say unable to sign in. Try this. Try this next time. Like, like okay. you like open open like log in. Go to your your phone. Go into security okay. to your setting. Or I think it's. Hang on, let me do it on my iPad here. Yeah, you click on your iCloud account and then you go into uh, Payf password and security, right? Okay. And in that window, there is a get verification code, right? You click okay. that, and then Apple will, will reply with the the dialog that shows the number, right? Okay. And then you so when you go to so do that as you're when around the time that you're going to do it because that code is going to stay valid for a period of time, right? Then log mm-hmm. into the thing, like use your, your Apple ID and your password. It might reject it. Like try it once, it'll reject it. The second time you do it, log in again. Uh, I think it creates a session token. And then um, that's just the theory of mine. Put in the password and append the password with the six-digit code you got from your phone. Okay. Because I do that. I have a couple of older servers and stuff like that that don't, they're so old they don't understand iCloud. True factor, that's how I yeah. log into the store and test flight and stuff. Try that out. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Well, got to be old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like it runs really well. FYI, don't run, don't put your virtual machine on your uh, spinning disk drive because mm-hmm. it's slow as heck. Um, but if I put it on my SSD, it works great. So, yeah, so, so far, the, so good. When I get time, I'll try to get back into getting a new beta out. I haven't done much with it and like, a month and a half because I've been so busy, but um, it's definitely an app I want to get out in the app store. Um, so this is your own virtualized yeah. image or, your, or the app that runs in that space? Uh, it's an app to man. The app is for managing virtual machines specifically for Mac OS developers or people who oh, want to nice. like test out a script. Right, right, um, right. So I support snapshots. You can revert. Let's say you break your Mac, your virtual Mac, you can always revert back. Um, it's specifically targeted to to um to to, to developers because so are you, are you like, for like ins- you compete in the space of VMware and all those kind of guys in terms of the virtualized Macs because I know that we used to use it when I worked at the bank they used to use they used to give me an envi- a test environment to work on and it was basically like a website I would go there and it, but it would run an instance of no it, uh, the app, the app uses an like it's a native Apple framework called virtualization which lets you oh, cool. like. You could, if you know Swift, you can go in, you could write your own app where you can build your own VM in Swift. Like, you don't need anything else. Um, and that's what's based on. Oh, that's super cool. Super and cool. then you just get the image. You can get the images off of Apple site or um, IS, IPSW, I guess, have some images that you can pull up if you want to go back to Monterey or something like that. Yeah. So what's what's Tagmento? I'll see that on your profile. And TikTok. 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 Where do you see this? <laughs> Which huh? profile is this? This is on your LinkedIn. Oh my gosh, my LinkedIn iPad. I need to talk. edit my LinkedIn. Really Tim, old, this eh? is like really old, old stuff. I need to update my LinkedIn. I just started getting back into LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> I have not worked on those apps in ages. Where do you see that? Uh, under about. I need to, oh man, I need to update this. Holy guacamole. This was under... I can't even find that stuff. Oh, in my profile here. Okay, yeah, this needs to be edited. I just started getting back into LinkedIn because, like everybody, I'm uh, rightfully uh, paranoid of the stability of something like Twitter. So, um, <laughs> are you on Mastodon? There's the elephant. There's the elephant, and then there's uh, LinkedIn. That's probably number two right now for me. So, have you been to Mastodon? Are you on? Are you on there yet? Or I am. 
Oh, at okay. leogdion at c.im. Okay, I don't so. know if, I, if I'm connected to you. Let me have a, where's my phone? Yeah, cool. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. Because I've I've been on since, I think, uh, hi, I'm not sure if Jaime was there, but um, Jay, Jay Freeman, the, the guy behind Cydia and... Uh, yeah, he speaks at 360 right now, Jay. Yeah, yeah. He he did a talk. He did the keynote at um, in 2017, I believe it was. And that's when he sort of said, hey, things you should be aware of. And he said, there's this thing called Mastodon. And, you know, it's uh, the genesis was to sort of be a federated version of, of, a, of Twitter type thing. Right. And so uh, I think everybody at the, at the conference signed up or most of us did and then forgot about it. <laughs> you know, right. and then, I mean, I knew I had an account cause I had, there were some really crude apps initially. And then when, um, when the whole, you know, uh, must mustification of Twitter happened, uh, then, you know, I, I went and resurrected my account and but not a cross post. I know. I know. You know. There's. It's funny. There's people on Mastodon that don't like you cross posting, but you know what? I'm doing it. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm cross posting now. Yeah. And there's. there's... It's funny because you were you you just you mentioned Ash earlier. Did that? How was Ash involved with Ma- Mastodon? Um. I don't know. Yeah. I am following you on Mastodon. By the way. Um. I don't know if he's necessarily involved in it. I know. Uh. I've connected to him. He's out in Eastern okay. Canada right now, as far as I know. Last I spoke to him. Because um, I was at TriSwift, I think it was 18, and he spoke at that. And I think he might have mentioned Mastodon, and that's when I had signed up, and then I nobody was there, so I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I re-signed up a few months ago. So Yeah, there's some tools that uh, you can use to um, explore. You can log into both Mastodon and Twitter, and it'll look at uh, people Move you to follow. Huh? Move to Don? Isn't that there's, what it is? Yeah, there's one, and there's another one that the, the one I used to co- to cross post. I just uh, uh, set it up, and it connects your your Twitter account to your your Mastodon account. So when you tweet or when you go into Mastodon and what do they toot? I think it is toot, toot yeah. or tweet. Um, then it automatically goes to the other site. So you know, and if you put okay. media in there, it puts a media. If you even when I repost stuff, if I go in and I like something and I decide to repost it on Mastodon, it gets a retweet on on uh twitter so it's kind of cool okay yeah um what was i gonna say i gotta say though the community on mastodon is great like they're just uh you know yeah i probably have gotten more friends and followers on mastodon in the in the short few months that we've been on there like was it two months now it's like end of january mm-hmm. we just started yeah, it was in december. december that he took over so yeah yeah i've um, already got like you know two-thirds or three-quarters of the two-thirds of the audience that i used to have on twitter so yeah does that does that what do you think what do you think of that that we we think oh my gosh twitter it's the end of the world yeah Um, but um but then like people can just like people just move to another social network and it's not that big of a deal in my opinion i don't know like we we think like these these you know we think these things are going to be around forever but like they're not, and it's not the end of the world because you can move somewhere else. I, I, it's always I, I I don't know. Like people definitely think like you know MySpace. Oh my gosh, or Facebook. Is this going to be around forever? Like how yeah. AOL Instant Messenger. It's like these things will go. They they don't yeah. last forever. People get off, and then they find something else. And yeah, and especially too, there's like the rolling age thing, right? Where like like I see this with Facebook like okay I I was in college when Zuckerberg was in college and I remember Facebook being big amongst college students at that time and now these college students from the early aughts are like parents right 
or well, older parents now um and they still use facebook but like that's it like no college kid nowadays is going to use facebook and that, that that social network just kind of rolls with that age group um as it moves along that's been really really fun funny experience watching that over the last 20 years yeah my, um, how, my... it's changed the character of those sites yeah the only way that i'll that i can keep in touch with my family my extended family is on facebook i mean i can't yeah, you know right they can't send me an email they don't know how to send a text message correctly but but i can reach them on <laughs> facebook so you know i'm not going anywhere i'm going to stay on facebook because i need to you know my cousins and whatever people who are right. my oh, age, i'm in the same boat yeah yeah, I'm yeah. I'm in my sixties, and so so is most of my family. That you know, some of the kids are in there too. My, like one of my one of my nephews, they're just finishing, just starting college, and they got me turned on to TikTok. And it's funny because their older sister, who is I think she's at least I want she was probably sixteen or seventeen years older. Anyway, back in two twenty in two thousand and four, just how far back this goes, right? I was actually okay. working on a social networking website, right? Okay. And in order to sort of see what was going on, and that's where I learned about feature creep because the, the marketing guy just kept throwing features at me, right? That's all. But, I which I didn't know what feature creep was at the time, right? Until I realized I can't do all everything he wanted me to do. But, um, or I could uh, do it all and it's all going to be crap. But yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It ended up being crap at the end of the day. But the, the, uh, she, uh, I started looking at, I joined, uh, High Five and Matt and, um, all the all the sites, uh, the ones you just mentioned, which I can't, which I've just thrown a blank on. Um, but yeah, she turned me on. She was in university at the time. She said, "Hey, you got to check out this Facebook thing." So I, so I had the blue page. Remember the blue page back in the early days? Was Facebook? it always blue? I remember even before it was blue. Well, it had like sort of a blue, like you had your sort of. It didn't have your picture. It had a sort of a blue guy, and it had like a. Oh a, yeah, 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 yeah. And yes, it had a yes. menu, and it was you know, and and back then Amazon was the was the de facto standard for for websites because they had all the categories figured out right <laughs> yeah yes yeah, yeah they had the pull down menus that all worked and stuff right so and they had you know e-commerce going and you know so people laugh at bezos and they look at laugh at, at zuckerberg and stuff like that but you know they were they were pioneers in their own right you know like they, uh, they were they were at the time and they got it right but like, that no, I mean, mean same, same thing with, right. with Jack Dorsey and Twitter. I mean, like, uh, Twitter was kind of a cool thing that like, just, I just, I, I mentioned this on more than just code a few episodes ago, but for perspective, I mean, what, there's like billions of people on Facebook, like 9 billion or something like that on Facebook. Yes. There are hundreds of thousands of people on Twitter. So think about that scale, right? So yeah. Twitter's big, but it's not, it's not major. It's not like mega. It's like it's kind. Of, it's like comparing Apple to Microsoft. Apple is, you know, Apple admittedly isn't, you know, much. I'm a huge fan of Apple. Much nicer hardware, much nicer community stuff like that. But it's still only five percent of the computing net market out there, right? Because everybody's on Windows of some type. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So it's kind of that's kind of like it's like Apple to Windows versus Twitter to Facebook. I mean, Facebook is going through all kind. Every day there's something new. Like Mark was telling us the other day that Trump's back on Facebook. Trump's back on Instagram, right. you know, like, right. Okay. Well, I just have a Trump filter. That's no big deal. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I, don't, I don't see his tweets on, on Twitter, so I don't worry about it. You know, so I'm soon going to have a Musk uh, filter as well. If you, if you'll, <laughs> if you'll, if you'll allow that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Twitter. Um, with Facebook, it was just, I think they've had issues since, 
they ran out of human beings on the planet to to sign on to Facebook, and then they're like, they're, okay, are you what's sure the they next haven't? Thing? Are you sure, they got us all so far. I'm sure there's more people on the planet. Well, no, than... that's what I mean. They got us all, and so now they have to figure out how do we get more people on Facebook, and then they're like, we can't. So let's go into VR, and we see how that's turned out. Well, um, speaking, that's a great segue because you know the only thing I've had on the show notes today was I saw um, an article, and I can maybe I'll share my screen here. Let me do that. <laughs> All right, so this uh, Reality Pro, I saw this this tweet earlier. Can you see my screen? I see my LinkedIn profile, which oh. I love to look at because <laughs> I love myself. But Oh, you see your LinkedIn profile in there? Okay. How about there? Do you see it now? Yes. Okay, cool. So yeah, this is, this is an article talking about Reality Pro, which is apparently the new Apple shininess, right? Okay. When do you think, okay, when do you think this is going to come out? Do you think March? Do you think... June, or do you think uh, uh, September? I, or, you know, to be honest with you, I, at this point in time, in my opinion, it's still vaporware, right? Like this is this is from Mark Gurman who's saying that that this is coming out. So chances are, yeah, that's good. why I've been looking at Mark Gurman's stuff about it, and yeah, it's, he's talking about this, you know, a, a ability to switch between VR and AR. Um, you know, it, it sounds like it's going to be a single device that you'll, like, I guess you'll have some sort of transparency and you'll be able to flip between a VR experience and an AR experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how heavy it's going to be. Hopefully it's not like the, what's the one that Facebook Oculus is, I think, right? Um, I was over at my uh, my uh, family's house. They had, one of the kids had the Ocular thing going. They had to move all the furniture out of the way because, you know... <laughs> Yeah, you know, people don't think into, about that stuff. You have to run yeah. into stuff. Yeah, so you know, I don't know. I mean, do we really think it's going to come out this year? I guess that's the big question. Um, but mind you, I'm famous for being the person who says I don't know why Apple would want to build a phone. <laughs> you know, so, right? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I just don't think about the phone that makes it so perfect. Yeah, is you can still interact with the outside world. Yeah. And the outside world can interact with you. But with this, it's like, it's but it's just not something you can, I can imagine people wearing that everywhere they go. You know what I mean? Especially with AR. Like, AR is nice because, uh, you know, you can be walking around and seeing extra information. But, like, AR glasses have to be, like, they have to be like Google glasses. They have to be inconspicuous. As, and even those were not like as inconspicuous as they, as they should be. Right. It's like, how do you, how do you get away with that? Um, and these, they just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what the narrative is behind the headset. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. It's a good point. Like you're not going to be walking around the street with this thing on because people will walk up to you and punch you. Right. Cause I, I remember back in the day when people were recording with, with the Google glasses, people would get upset with them if you remember. Right. Right, you're wearing a Google Boss. Um, I've only ever seen it's, one. Of you know ones. what it's like? It's like, and I think that's still annoying when people are in a, on their Bluetooth and they're having a phone conversation while they're doing yeah. five on other speakers. <laughs> right. So that's like that's like AR VR with audio only. Could you imagine AR VR with like vi- a visual element to it? It's like, like I, I just I, the thing about the iPhone that makes it so perfect is it's just something you can pull out and you can like look at it and still turn and like interact with people. And um, with these, it's like you're totally closed off from reality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be expensive. They're going to be slow. They're going to be Apple Watch Zero Series Zero slow. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, you know, and every time Apple comes out with something, the first one always is like very okay. 
like i just don't see how version two of this is ever going to be decent um i don't know I'm, I'm i'm just really skeptical about it like i don't i don't see vr going anywhere for a long time yeah until they can yeah. make them light enough and you know trans i do want to know what you think of it like i'm just kind of curious if i'm off base on the whole vr thing what i think about the the um yeah, you're going to be amazed how I edit this part of the show because I'll, you know what? <laughs> What's that? that? That that intro I just did. I'll I'll you know I'll cut that back in. I'll move it around. And, okay, you know. okay. With the blade. Yeah, so with the blade. With, Sorry. with the TV TV magic podcast magic. People will this will come before. What I'm, we're so about next. I'm so That's sorry. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, we do this on podcast on spot more than just code all the time. We talk out of like stuff that goes into the body of the show. We might talk before we actually start rolling and. Because sometimes Mark just has a great opinion and he just starts going and like, I mean, I just slam on record. And <laughs> anyway, um, what do I think about it? I, you know, to be honest, I personally, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't have the fancy Apple headphones. I don't have ear, but I don't have the air pros like you've got. Um, I, I tried them. I didn't really, I tried them for like a week at a time and never really got into them. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know that, I don't know that I'm the market for, um, you know, unless there's some compelling, like if there was an application, you know, an SDK or something, and there was something that I could think about uh, doing, um, I don't know that I'm in the, in the initial target market for this, right? Like, like the HomePod, I didn't get the HomePods when they first came out. I got them as they were just being gotten rid of, right? And then like, right, and right. now I have two on my Apple TV and I love them, you know? I have like a stereo pair and they're, they're great. Yep. They're my whole basement audio and they, HomePods and, and Googles and, and, and Alexas have replaced all of our radios and stuff in the house. Right. Um, and we have watches and we have the, you know, we both have phones but, and we both <clears> have iPads. And what, so, what is the market though? Yeah. I don't know. Is it a gaming thing? Cause I mean, Apple's not really ever been super successful right. at gaming. Exactly. I mean, they got arcade, right. But right. But I know, just, uh, yeah, that's the thing is the game, the market market would be games and like kind of with the travel, watch. Like if you're, tra- if you're traveling around, you're in Italy and you want to look, you want, you look around and you get like, because I remember like I've been doing AR and VR and looking into that since what the nineties, right? Because right. that's what, right. you know, remember nineties is kind of when well, the first wave of enthusiasm towards Yeah, and there was VR like was. The, the virtual sex and people had, they make actually made devices for him and her and you could be like oh, really? cities. Oh yeah. Over modems and like, you know, stimulating each other. It was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, so uh, like, uh, have we, like have we really come that far? <laughs> Get off the phone. I'm trying to have sex. <laughs> but uh, the, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I, to be honest, with you, I really, other than navigation, maybe in a museum or something, you're walking around looking at an art exhibit and you get some they, overlays. To me, like, they'd have to, like, really pivot. Like, so with the watch, when the watch first came out, fitness was not the thing. And Uh-oh. then they eventually pivoted towards fitness. And now they've, like, really, like, They've put their weight behind it with yeah, fitness the plus and stuff. Thing, yeah. I yeah. I don't see how they could come out with this and then all of a sudden pivot towards gaming. Like, it's yeah. I don't I don't I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how this goes. Well, I can tell you the the but they've done a lot of stuff with what they called I think it's called Reality Kit. Um, right. Yeah, because because I did I mean I was doing some foundation work for Apple a few years ago and and there's some I got a couple of assignments on that so I got to dig into that and play around with Reality Kit you know, build like little cans that would sit on your desk and shoot stuff and you could only yeah, see them. It's very cool. And, yeah. Yeah. Or you can get the C3PO full size C3PO and, you know, or, you, or anytime they have a new product, you can get a VR or a, right. AR, just AR. Yeah. AR of it. And, 
you know, see how big it is on your desk or what it looks like right. next to your dog, you know, that kind of stuff. Really exciting thing, you know? But I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I've never really seen, um, any, any compelling VR other than playing a game, like, like you, you get inside last of us or something or, or some world like that. And you're, you're, right. you know, um, you're, you're basically running around like one of my, uh, one of my grandsons is, uh, big into, um, Tetris and, uh, so she plays Tetris on with a VR headset, right? With the with okay. the PlayStation one, right? And I mean, like, I don't, I don't think I've ever put the headset on and tried it, but you know that. Um, I mean, she's a phenomenal Tetris player. Don't get me wrong, right? But the I mean, like, she just you, know, you can't compete. <laughs> but you know, but like, why? I mean, to me, Tetris is like a two D one bit graphic thing right. from the old was a game Game Boy, right? So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I said, I, I really, I'm really having a hard time sort of envisioning what I would use this. For. I mean, right now I'm working in transportation. So why would we use this in transportation? Right. Well, I'm like thinking like fitness, but like, is this thing stable enough for me to work out and like also see my, like, rather than having to look at my watch, essentially I can look at my heart rate while I'm working out, but yeah, I don't yeah. have it. I have a feeling this isn't stable enough. Uh, whatever, a three thousand dollar thing on my head is not going to be stable enough for my workouts. Like, well, I, I could can't. see, I could see for like, like I said, I could see for navigating around. Like, if you're on yeah. foot navigating around, right? And you want to find out where restaurant where, where restaurants are. I could see yep. it and use an inventory. Like, if you're walking through a warehouse, yeah, and you want to know where the stuff is, or do like an inventory. Can't you look? Oh, how many pallets do we have up there? Kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, and these are all based on my personal experience working in 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 warehouses and stuff like that in the past. Right. Um, right. But is it? You know, but museums, is it going to be so great for yeah. compared to a five hundred dollar iPad? You know. Yeah, I mean, like, like I've even seen augmented reality stuff at galleries where they where you look at the picture and they take the painting and they make it into like like there was a piece at the Art Gallery of Ontario where it looked like the woman was like doing a selfie shot, you know, with the camera oh, like this nice. on, a, on a, a work of art from like three hundred years ago. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that was that was because I mean it's sort of been that's sort of been from my experience the the majority of AR and VR stuff that I've done it's cute interesting for about five minutes and then okay what's next you know yep. so yeah, I exactly. don't know I mean I don't I don't know what the I mean unless it's like like you know in the what was it Fifth Element where the where the um the characters got like he's got like uh what's the name of the character with the big uh, played by that actor from Rush Hour Chris Rock. Um, no, not Chris, not Chris Rock. Um, Chris Tucker. Yes, Chris Tucker. Yeah. So yes. when he was on his character on on that show was he was a TV personality, but he was like it was like I think it was like people walking around him, but he mm -hmm. had like a wearable camera. So I could see something like that, like where yeah, uh, it's an experience thing. Maybe maybe you want to go maybe the you go to the Oscars or something like that, and you want to walk down the car. You want to walk the red carpet. You want to see all the stars. You want to go and you know, the host of the show could have the, the, the unit on and they're experiencing the Oscars and you and I are vicariously with their headsets on sitting on our couch at home experiencing that. Right. Right. Hey, maybe, right. maybe podcasting, maybe you and I will be wearing a VR headset in a year and we'll have the same conversation and we'll like in the same cafe in Paris. But will we have legs? That's what Mark. Do we need to wear one. pants? That's more. Do important. we need do to we... wear pants? <laughs> You know, so, and yeah, sorry, I was on mute or sorry, I had the headset on mute kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if you don't mind, we can jump to the questions. Let's do this. Yeah. yeah.
Jesus. All right. Cool. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump in with, with, uh, uh, Colbert question first. What is the best sandwich? I like a good breakfast sandwich. I like eggs, sunny side up, ham or bacon. Uh, well, can I, can I, what is it? It's the thing called, uh, is it eggs Benedict? Is that like a, is that like a sandwich? No, it's an open face sandwich. It's an open face sandwich. Well, yeah, it's kind of like a hot, like a hot turkey sandwich. It's it's like a egg a, a muffin, English muffin, and then they put the bacon on it, and they put the egg poached egg on it, and then they put yeah. hollandaise on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my or, favorite sandwich. Or, it's egg, egg egg Benedict. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that as a sandwich. That, that's it that's is. Pretty good, it is. Pretty cool idea. There's no. There, we don't even need to discuss it. it I'm going to accept that answer as a valid Thank answer. You. Cool. All right. So, who's your favorite hero of fiction? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. The yeah, movie guy. I like I like his cocky attitude. Uh, cool. And I like at least half the movies. So half of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh. I honestly I like all the movies, but the ha- the half of them I think are ex- like amazing. The other half are okay. They're good. There's a fifth one coming out, you know, right? I haven't seen the trailer yet. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Cool. Well, there's the a odd ones are the good ones, po- right? So sorry. The odd ones are the good ones, so maybe it'll be are they? <laughs> I don't know. Is that true? Because, well, no, it's not true because we had the Temple of Doom was the first one, and then we had the... Uh, no, Raiders was the first one. Raiders was the first. Temple of Doom was the second one. It was the one with the, the carts that went through yeah, the, the that was Temple mines. of Doom. That one yeah. wasn't bad. Was that bad? It was okay. And then, then, it's then very, the It's Sean, very 80s. It's very early And the 80s, Sean Connery which, one with the... With yeah, which the, is amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, did that have River? I can't remember. Did that have River Phoenix in the very beginning of it? Yes. Young, yeah, young he Indian? played Indiana Jones in the beginning. Cool. Yeah, and then I think he had a spinoff series as well for a while. That's cool. I don't think it was River Phoenix, but they was a young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, what phrases, do you, words, or phrases do you overuse the most? Depends mm, on the day of the week. In general. People who listen to my podcast would know better. I don't know. Uh. That's a really hard one. I I know I definitely overuse phrases. Uh, what was the one that I uh, I can't think of one right now. I have to okay, go back but, and like listen to my show and see what I overuse because I definitely overuse some. Well, maybe but, we'll we'll do a fact check on that in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, over, we listened over forty. I listened over hundreds of hours of myself, and this was the phrase I said the most. We'll have that next next episode. Okay, cool. All right. Cool. So apples or oranges. Uh, raw or cooked? Apples or oranges? Oranges. Oranges. Okay, cool. But if it's a pastry uh, or dessert, apples. Okay. What's your favorite smell? Vanilla. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, vanilla. Um, have you ever asked anyone for their autograph? No. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Which? Which living person do you admire the most? Like famous person. No, which living person do you admire the most? Uh, my wife is amazing, so I'll say that. Good, that's a good safe answer. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> you know, where would you most like to live? Oh, I don't know. I think about that all the time. Trust me. Um, I really like Chicago. I actually like Toronto, and uh, West Michigan is really nice. Um, but obviously, it's a little bit hard to have a family of eight in any of those places. So. Did you say eight? I said eight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a cool. full house here. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I like both those. Those cities are very nice and nearby. So, 
What's the one thing that you own that you should really throw out? Well, it's funny you say that. Um, I'm sure I have a lot of tools and hardware that I never use that needs to be thrown out. Also, I'm not sure about boxes. Do you keep boxes? Should you keep boxes? It depends. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look over my shoulder, right behind the Venus, beside the, I can't point. I see the Lego stuff. That right there. Yeah, those are those are boxes. I keep the boxes for those. Um, but there's an iPhone, an original iPhone one back there. And um, I I got the phone for like 60 bucks, found a manufacturer of the screen, I replaced the battery, I resurrected the phone. It still has the very first iteration of iOS running on it. So it doesn't have the app store on it. That's how old it is. Okay. But I paid I paid over two hundred dollars for the just for the box. Have you looked at eBay? See how much you can get out that's, of it. That's oh for the the reassembled phone with for the, the box? Re- everything the whole set. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty. It's yeah. It's, it's not the only thing I have that's like that. But yeah, yeah. I resurrected my own my own iPhone. I just really recently resurrected my original iPad ones. Okay. I still have my my apps on them because I mean you can't can't download the apps anymore because they're right right 2010 right so right but yeah it's pretty yeah. cool to look at my old apps right so, that is pretty awesome yeah um, yeah I'm all so, about selling stuff I don't use uh, especially newer stuff it's the stuff that I never see that is somewhere in the house that I need yeah. to get rid of that that's the more difficult part I just I just sold one of my X serves and uh, the the guy bought it because I had the original box with the original stuff. All I mean I didn't get a lot of money for. It. I just wanted to get it out of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. But who's going to buy an X serve these days? Like unless they're collectors. But I had you know all the software licensing in the box and the cables and the nice in the original box. Yeah, so he was happy to receive that. He even bought the I had the the kit that you used to buy as a you know had an extra logic board and an extra power supply in it. Okay. Um, he bought that from me too, just to have it as part of the set, right? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's cool. Um, okay. Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, or Babylon 5? Uh, not Doctor Who. I have never watched Babylon 5. Star Trek or Star Wars? Um, I think, like, it's a really good question. I'm The wife and I have been watching Next Generation for quite a bit. Uh, we have like two episodes left, but we've also had like two episodes left since the pandemic. So we just haven't gotten the gumption to finish the series. Um, but I find it a lot more interesting, I think, than Star Wars. I think Star Wars is more popcorn fun. Um, it's also kind of like a little bit more hit and miss. Uh, whereas I think Star Trek, I think if you were picking a random Star Trek episode, or even a random movie, uh, you might have something a little bit more intellectually stimulating. So I think that answers your question. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, what's the most used app on your phone? You know, there's an app you can open to see what that is, right? Yeah. Let me do that. It's going to be boring. It's going to be like email or something stupid or messages. So don't expect too much out of this. What, like for me, I would have to say, you want to know what it is? You want, it actually isn't boring. It's very interesting. Uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. And why yeah. would that be? I just like to read random facts. Um, yeah, Wikipedia. Cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for me, I would I, the the app I go to the most, I think, is Photos. Although I don't spend that's not where I spend most of my time. Right. Like, I think I cir- think that- circling back to what we were saying earlier, like um, I'm just not like I'm not a phone person. So like. For me, if I use it as a camera with email on it, 
and maybe like to jot down notes. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah. So like I'm much more of a Mac person uh, and computer person because there's so much more I could do um, as opposed to staring at my phone and creaking my neck. True. Um, describe the rest of your life in five words. Mm, that's good. I'm just like thinking. Okay, like about four words. Is that okay? I guess helping kids grow up. That's four. That's good. It'll work. Okay. Um, let's see. I got a couple more questions I can ask you. Let's see. What's your favorite word? These are good questions. Is this a Cobert one or a Proust one? Okay. Yeah, this is Proust. I'm looking over the words I've written. I'll say bright. Bright? Oh. Yeah. Good thing it's in your, your corp company, company name, too, name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Always be always be closing, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I chose it for a reason. Yeah, cool. All right. What number am I thinking of? Um, 42. Close, but no. What is it? Why should I tell you? Well, how do I know if it's close? Well, I'm always thinking of 37, but that's by the point. <laughs> um, flat or sparkling? Sparkling. Sparkling. Okay, that's correct. Um, I think we got one more question we can get out of you, right? Um, you want a deep one or you want a deep, deep, a deep one? What is your most treasured possession mm, besides people? What is your? You don't own people, do you? What, what's happening in Lansing, Michigan? What's going on down there? <laughs> what, what, what century are you in? Um, uh, uh, I, you know, I was just talking about this. Besides, you know, I don't want to ever lose a member of my family. Like, I don't ever want to lose all the photos that I've taken because that's the stuff you can never get back. Um, so it's not a tangible thing. Um, that's why it's backed up into several cloud services, but, um, yeah, I don't want to ever lose my photos because that's the stuff you just, you're never going to get that back. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I started, I scanners, I started scanning my old film and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yep. pick like picture book photos. And that's what I love about the phone. You can actually just point it at a picture album now and take like a high res, you know, snap of it. Yep. Right? That's exactly. Yeah. I don't even bother using the scanner now. It's just like, it's just easier for me to, uh, Take it with my I phone. did I did forget to ask you the most important question. What is your motto? What's your what's your elevator pitch? Mm, oh my elevator pitch or my motto? Well what's your motto? Your your what what what's the you know Leo? It's Leo Dion. He's the Oh, I got it. <laughs> I'm trying to say it in a nice way and I'm trying to figure out how to say it. <laughs> um I'm trying to say like Leo has Leo has a breadth and depth of knowledge. There we go. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And what do you? I had to whip that, that out knowledge? quick. I should. I should practice this. I should really have like a motto. I'm going to add that to my to do list. So I can tell you. So I was in a program called Strategic Coach when I was running my own business, and one of the exercises we did at the very beginning was called your unique ability. And the unique ability is the one thing or the one activity that you do best. That you know people come to you for. This is what your central tenant of your business or whatever mm-hmm. personal life, whatever. Um, all the rest of the stuff, like paying bills and taxes and going to the grocery store, that's all other stuff. Putting yeah. gas in the car or whatever, yeah. right? But this one thing, with the one thing. So, that I mean, this is exercise for you. Don't want to answer right now, but think about your unique ability. What is it that, why do people pick up the phone or why do people text you or whatever they do these days? What are the kids doing these days? Why, <laughs> why are well, they? Yeah, why I mean, that's why I you? say I have a breadth and depth of knowledge. Um, a lot of people like and I'm I'm talking professionally, but like and experience attached to it. Um, but a lot of people when they say they've 
they've brought me on. It's because, man, you, you know, Leo, you sure know what you're talking about. Or when you don't know what you're talking about, you're willing to admit it. Um, and um, so like, like we had talked earlier, like, I'll do vapor, I'll do health kit, and then I'll know how the two work together. That kind of crazy combination. Um, I bring that usually to the table. Well, okay. Yeah. So mostly in, in tech and, and, uh, you want to know what my unique ability is? Yeah. Yeah. Besides coming up with really good numbers. <laughs> High numbers. Yeah. Well, I think too, that people will say is I'm good at communication in the sense of like, that's really hard for techies to like communicate. Uh, with yeah, lay people, um, so my I'm sure my, that's something you you have too. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, my unique ability is I strive to create honest and knowledgeable solutions that empower people to embrace change. So I'm here to I'm here to help you. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. just edited my LinkedIn profile, by the way, because I realized I hadn't edited. Oh, good. So, so I, I guess I should thank you for that page. kick. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap up. Um, so I guess that's it for another week. Uh, Leo, if people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Twitter at Leo G. Dion. If you're on the elephant, it's at Leo G. Dion at C.AM. My business is Bright Digit. Everything else is Bright Digit, YouTube, et cetera. So just go to brightdigit.com and you can find everything there. Cool. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, my name is Dimitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, on the Twitter machine and Mastodon and Instagram and not that Facebook thing. I'm something else on Facebook. But um, <laughs> yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn too. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for me. And so until next time, see you in the future. Bye. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC and we may mention you on the show. Friends of the show can also join us on the podcast Slack channel. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash MTJC. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Is there a video to this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where do you show? upload it? Uh, YouTube to my. Okay, okay. It. So there is a YouTube channel for this. Yeah, it's okay. it's Timitra MTJC Spotcast. So I so sometimes we do audio, we do, do video episodes for Spotcast. Sometimes we do video video. I mean, whenever I have a guest on, like yourself, I'll do a video episode. Or sometimes I'll do a solo video episode. But those other two curmudgeons that I do the show with, they don't like to be on camera. So I understand. <laughs> they have to put pants on, right? So yeah, right. Oh, I never did ask you boxers or briefs. Uh, it's bo- they're boxer briefs, I think, is what they're boxer called. briefs. Oh, wow, you're like a hybrid guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> more more boxers than briefs, honestly. Okay, I'm sure I'm sure our fans will love to know that. TMI, TMI, right? TMI, too much information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what what are you working on these days? Like, what's what's the 
what kind of are you consulting or are you doing yeah so uh i uh, have a big client um that i do ios development for and then <clears throat> so there's a there's an app similar to hard twitch called gb that i'm working on as well uh that is the same idea except for this this is for if you're taking an online class or watching a youtube video where there's a workout you can share your heart rate through that um yeah and then i don't know just kind of like i'm interested in full stack development so just trying to see other things i could do uh to make it easier for ios devs to get into vapor and ways that vapor can make it even easier to do ios development i guess yeah so yeah so did you know that like when you google leo dion you don't come up first it you know it's a guy out of Papua New Guinea, isn't it? Yeah. He's like a Sir. former governor. Yeah, a deputy um, minister, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He hasn't got so, a very impressive Wikipedia page, i got to say, though. He does uh, or doesn't? Does not. Got a yeah. couple of paragraphs, right? So. Yeah. Now, this... this uh, is that a, is, I guess Dion's a pretty popular name, right? So. Yeah. There's a guy but, I mean, Vancouver. I think I'm starting... Like, I'm starting to finally crawl up, though. Like... I, got I don't know. Leo, Am I Leo number D, two or Leo three? Dion on v, on YouTube. That must be you, right? Probably. Yeah. Leo Dion seven one one two. Let's let's take a look. Uh, I don't think this is you. <laughs> it's not. You, you're I wonder right. if it's yeah searches based on geography too. Yeah. You could also so you know like, I guess in I think um and I'm just talking through my hat at this point but I think you could um on your YouTube channel I think you can you can put a tag in or. or on just on the main page with your Leon Dion name in there. Mm, okay. So sort of help you. You think that help? SEO. Yeah, your SEO, yeah. Yeah. No charge for that SEO tip, though. <laughs> lucky me. Today's my lucky day. I'm glad you opened the email that I sent you about your SEO. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, at Bright Digit is the name for the channel. So it's YouTube slash at Bright Digit? Or? Yeah, because you know you could do at names yeah. down in YouTube. Yeah. So yeah, it's at Bright Digit. And you can see the latest episode i did with dave and sven on there which i really tried to take my production to the next level yeah that one because it's my you first three person anywhere you scheduled are you scheduled to speak anywhere coming up or not yet no. but um if anybody is looking for a speaker reach out to me did you put a cf a cpf into um into uh swifto or not deep swift pizza? deep dish pizza okay yeah they're they're yeah. Like neighborhoods in your neighborhood right yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Tim, like Chicago and Toronto are about the same distance for me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You're smack. Lansing's the capital of Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Should yeah. I do the thing? Thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's the. Thing. Oh, that's that's so Michigan shaped like this. Yeah. Well, the Lower <laughs> Peninsula, you know. Huh. Well, I, I, you know, it's funny. I did look on the map earlier. Let me have, let me have a look at that. Uh... That's the thing. If you ask any Michigander where they live, that's what they do. They show you their hand. Yeah, there'll be a hand, and I'll be like, "Oh, oh, my video died." No worries. Okay, so the thumb is like part of Lake Huron. Uh, there we like go. Traverse. The thumb is like here. Saginaw. Yeah, Saginaw is like. I'm here. doing the wrong hand, but I don't know. Yeah. There, yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. Am, I doing, am I doing? So the Lansing's hand? here. Grand Rapids is here. Detroit is here. Chicago's down here. Windsor. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Windsor's on the the knuckle. Okay. It's on the <laughs> other. Yeah, the other side of the bridge. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Toledo. Yeah, like when I go to Toronto, I drove. I drove. Like when I went to where I met you. Uh, oh, Toronto. okay. Um, I drove to Toronto. So did we meet? Did we? Oh, we. I guess we. Yeah, we met at the at Swift TO in twenty nineteen. Uh, twenty nineteen. Yep. 
Really? Okay. Yeah. I was trying to to think earlier how you and I, because I know I was on your show, but yeah, I guess we were both speakers at Swiftio, right? Yeah. Okay. That's how we met. Okay, cool. Good to know. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. I'm working on it. I need to buy, I need to buy my super, super, super early bird ticket though. Yeah. Because I definitely want to go. Yeah. It's like $50 US or something like that, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's 200 and... 240 something dollars canadian i'll have a link in the show notes, but it'll probably be too late by the time people find this but um yeah and i, I bought mine initially like as soon as i heard about it because i'm you know i go i'm i'm in a um ns coder or is it ns coder ns coder is the meetup group that that uh those guys gotcha. have come okay in. so it's one of our, one of our uh, cocoa pot or cocoa heads groups right so yeah, Kyle. Yeah. That's the um, other thing is I want to speak yeah. up more cocoa heads and ns coders or whatever yeah. people call them yeah. now yeah. Swifty Swifts or I don't know yeah. what they call those co- yeah. those meetups. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, I've I've um I've actually got three three ideas up on on uh what's it called? Pager page page call. Is that what it's called? Paper call. call. Paper, Paper call. call. Paper call. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few on there. Um because I did my one for three sixty I dev. Um yeah, but you know, I I don't know how many how many do you put out? I know how many put how many one year put out like a hundred and got three. Yeah, I put out like maybe six a conference yeah six or seven a conference so six per conference yeah really oh that's a good idea hmm. and then they they pick and choose did you speak at 360 i know i did yeah i did uh did a talk on um i actually well it was unfortunate john would have given me whatever spot i wanted but um i was in ireland for the first part of the conference oh okay so, gotcha. so i had just come back so i recorded mine uh he gave me the wednesday slot in case i could be there in person in person okay but it's usually it's the it's the one after everybody's left because people leave after lunch because they got to catch their planes. Yeah, so yeah. It's it's the it used to be the. I mean, we're talking about 360i dev. It's it's you know we'll, we'll pour one out to 360i dev because it it's gone now. Um, but uh, so yeah, the 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 Wednesday afternoon was the worst slot to be in. But uh, so I pre-recorded mine. Uh, I recorded it actually the Saturday before we flew out to Ireland, and I edited it when I was in Ireland, and I sent it to John. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah. It's me with I did not slides. speak. Uh, I mean, I submitted, but I did. Did you go? Did get... you go down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah, which I'm super fortunate that I got to go. Like, yeah. <laughs> considering that's the last one, like, I'm really glad I did. Yeah, yeah. I got the t shirt too, though. But um, I um, I dialed in for the uh, the um, stump, yeah, stump the experts, whatever they call it, stump or 360. Mm-hmm. Stump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll yep. have to get, we'll have to get Tom to come up to, uh, to Canada to do a um, a stump at at SwiftTO. That's a lot of fun. I love yes. doing the trivia stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of bl- that's a real blast. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So Tom, if you're listening, we got to do a stump at SwiftTO. That's that's my yes. thing. Yeah, and one of these times, you know, if there's other musicians out there, we should we should get some equipment and jam. <laughs> I, I've been to a few conferences where where you know they they got like guitars and stuff like that, and I can't bring my guitars into the states because I'm always afraid that the airport will smash them. You know, <laughs> right, so, right. I usually bring a ukulele, which is kind of lame, but um, yeah, no, we had a we had a we have an all team week in in Chicago. I work for Spot Hero in in Chicago, and um, the we so one of the one of my other manager buddies had a guitar there, so he so I got to I didn't have to bring a guitar down. I played his, and I got okay. to clo- I got to close the show. It was lots of fun. So nice, that's yeah. awesome. Get my rock, get my rock god on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, what other conferences are you going to? 
Um, I've, I've, well, I've applied to, uh, Swifty New York. Is it Swift, you yeah, know, yep. or Tri? Is it, it's not a Tri Swift one, right? No, Just, uh, it's Swifty New York. Yeah. And I applied the same to same people put on PL Swift in Poland, I think. Yeah. I applied to, uh, the Deep Dish, but I haven't heard back. I, I'm not holding it. I'm not holding my breath at this point, but, um, uh, cause that's, I mean, I could go work in the city for a bit of time and then you know because you know, you know, even though we're all working from home these days half of my team's in chicago so it's good to go and connect with them yeah, so yeah if i had yeah. a reason to be in chicago it'd be great yeah um, i bought my ticket for deep dish we got a place uh we're getting an airbnb and bringing some of the kids with you're bringing us, all the kids so. with you or not all something just some yeah yeah cool yeah so yeah i'm definitely going to that I'm probably going to go to swift toronto and then if i speak you know Swifty New Swifty in New York, you know, you know, I'd, yeah, I'll go to that for sure. Hmm. I've been in New York. I went there for Tri Swift a few years ago, so yeah, that's a good hack. I hadn't thought about that. Like putting in, I mean, I I do currently have three talks in, but I I hadn't thought about putting in more than one for to try and get a, a speaking spot. It's an interesting idea for the same mm-hmm. conference. You mean right? I think it was twenty twenty nineteen was like or twenty nineteen or twenty twenty was the year that I got like ten. No, twenty twenty was that that I did like ten talks that year. It was crazy. Really? Wow. Obviously, I think only one wasn't. No, two were in person because they were in January before. Oh, before the, the world heck broke out. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, hmm. yeah, that's that was a fun experience. How was the pandemic for you? Were you were you able to? Were you working all the way through? Working from home? What were you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been working from home for, gosh, 10 years now. So, oh, okay. like, what, what was different for me was, like I said, well, before the pandemic, we had only seven people living in this house. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I guess all your decided kids to come were, along. Yeah, your kids were all, they're all, some of them are in school age, right? So, were they doing Yeah, from home so or? we had... We had a three-year-old, I think. Gosh, it's so long ago now. We had a three-year-old, a preschooler, and then three school-age kids. Um, but yeah, they were home all the time, and that was the big, big challenge. We had a, you know, I mentioned this. We had a snow day yesterday, and it was definitely like, oh man, yeah, like, like a mayhem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good luck getting anything done. Um, yeah, so, but that's but, what it was like with COVID. Oh yeah, yeah, cool. cool. All right, well, I'm gonna sign off now, and we'll. This is the after show. Thanks for listening to the after show, folks. Be hung around. Yeah. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I forgot to say that earlier. <laughs> if you really think that I'm entertaining and want to hear me repeat certain phrases, then join yes. me on my YouTube channel or Empower Episode Show. Yeah, YouTube channels Bright Digit. Yeah, and and if you come up with the the word that he uses the most often, don't forget to tweet it out there with the hashtag AskMTJC so we can pick it up in our future episode. <laughs> Tim will get you. Tim will get if you get it right. Tim will get you. Um, the first model of Apple VR glasses. Will I? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, I probably have. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's yeah. basically a Newton tr- stri- like duct tape to pair of glasses. Yeah, this is, these are basically so, these are them right there. This, these are the new VR glasses right there. Nice, nice. Like, so, <laughs> Ooh, you're Tim, it's 3D. great talking to you. <laughs> All right, yeah, thanks, thanks, Leo. Yep. Okay, bye, everybody.